Hey guys, Tucker here, co-host of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. Before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let you know that we're currently looking for more projects. So for any of you guys that listen to the show that may be an agent or otherwise that have a property that you're looking to sell, we'd love to hear from you. Obviously, we're looking to purchase properties that are maybe not best suited for the retail market or maybe they need to be redeveloped. So we do renovations and we do new construction so we could buy an existing home that maybe it smells like cigarette smoke, maybe it hasn't been updated in decades, maybe it's got some fun functional issues, some problems like that, or maybe it's just in an area that is best suited to take the house down, partition the lot, maybe build a couple new homes, or just build one new home in its place, and anything in between. So if you guys out there in Listenerland have anything that would be best suited selling to a development company like ours, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com, and when you go there, there's a contact us tab. Click on that, and you can send us a message, and we'll get back to you shortly thereafter. We'd love to hear from any of you guys out there that have a property like this, and hopefully we we can do a deal together. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihue from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. All right, everybody out there in listener land, we have a special 100th episode for you this week for the Portland Real Estate Podcast. I'm sitting here poolside with a couple of co-hosts, two guys that you know very well, Mr. Steve Nassar and Mr. Joe Futsolo. Not named after Hans Futsolo. Not, not after but, Hans. Uh, welcome, guys. It's a, it's a, we're having a heat wave, tropical heat wave this week. It is. It is. It's supposed to be 96 degrees today, so yeah. It's uh, it's very, very warm out here. Um, your pool's a little brown, Tucker. <laughs> That's because the lid's on, though. It's brown with needles. But uh, no. Joe brought over some white cloth, so that brightens the day. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Joe's been giving uh, Tucker a hard time about drinking white claw. He, uh, he's questioning whether it's a manly drink. Um, but interestingly enough, Joe now has one in his hand, and he's, he's got a pretty big smile on his face. So apparently... He's, he's changing his tune. Well, I, on the other hand, have an IPA in my hand. And by the way, a couple firsts here. First time we've all been in the same location filming a show. Whether our listeners know it or not, we always talk about our virtual studio, which is literally me and my studio, and Tucker and his, and, and Joe and his, and we're all connected via Skype. Um, so that's a first, and it's first time we've all been drinking together. Now, I... I can't say that there haven't been times where we were recording a show at three o'clock and I didn't have a beer there, but it wasn't a uh, synced up drinking session, that's for sure. So cheers first that's of right. all, everybody. It's better doing it this way. Although I do remember a few times drinking when we were younger, Steve. Uh, <laughs> I do <laughs> too. The coast. I uh, do. <laughs> one particular casino, but uh, this yeah. is not that. So. Yes, yes, yes. I, I remember that time as well. So what are we going to talk about this week? It's it's our, well, this episode we'll call it. It's our 100th episode. We've got the first thing on the docket, which we'll get to, which is basically our best shows. Uh, but before that, maybe just recount a little bit this journey that's been 100 episodes. Because I started looking, you know, online at some of the other, or I should say on iTunes, on the other Portland real estate related shows and there's a, a pretty hefty graveyard of shows <laughs> that made it about five 
maybe eight episodes in, and they're just dead. Uh, yep. Have been for probably a couple years now. <clears throat> There's one show I think that's active now, that, but they're probably on episode eight. We'll see if they make it to nine, ten, and on. But uh, we've made it a long ways. 100 episodes is a lot of times to do this. Yeah, well, I don't know the exact month. I know it was 2015 because <clears throat> I joined Premier Property Group in October or late September of 14. It was about six months later. I had just come on as a partner and as a part owner. And you reached out to me, Tucker, and you're like, hey, I want to do a podcast. I think you left a voicemail and my assistant gave it to me. Um, or you left a message with one of my people. And podcast was a term I'd heard. I honestly had never listened to a podcast. Um, I don't think I knew how to go about listening to a podcast. Um, and to be fair, I, I don't think a lot of people did. Because in those early days, I do remember people going, Hey, what, this? What, how do I listen to this? You know, this sounds cool. This, like, you just interviewed somebody I want to hear about from... How do I listen to this? I don't hear that anymore, and that's kind of where the story goes. Is and you were so um, visionary in the time, and I, I, I give you full credit here because you said, you know, this is radio. Your exact words, I remember it today. This is the radio of the future. You know, the old days where when we were kids, and it was nine o'clock, and you ran, you ran in, and you listened to Z100 or um, Q105. You remember Q105? Yeah. <laughs> And you heard your favorite person and their countdown or whatever. Those days are long gone. This is on-demand radio. Real estate is a business of people in their cars who need things to do. So we have an opportunity to have a listener base and an audience where we can create value. We can um, share information, share stories. Um, and one thing that I, I've always believed, it, you didn't have to convince me of this, and, and I think our listeners today, the, the, the ones we're going to talk about, get this too, is when you give, you will receive back tenfold. Meaning, you know, if you came on a show like this and, and you're guarded and you're like, well, I got a couple nuggets I'm not going to talk about, but I'll, you know, I, I just want self-promotion. I want somebody to, I want somebody to hear that I'm on a radio show and, and, and it be good for me without me giving them my secrets or what I'm doing, that will never work. It's when it's genuine, you know, effort to add value and it works, then good things will happen to you. And I and you 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 and I both agreed on that and so we said, Okay, let's do this and <clears throat> you I, I remember you so I think it was around March of two thousand fifteen around there sometimes. And um, you sent me a link. You said, buy this stuff online. So we did. And sure enough, uh, uh, Amazon delivered it to the office. And then you showed up one, one you know, Tuesday afternoon. I even remember that, that it was actually this Thursday afternoon because it was the first Thursday. And we'd had a, a little meeting. And there was some wine and, and beer in, in the office. Do you remember that? And I do, you, you frankly, had to walk yeah. by it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's one, of the, you, it's one of the rare times you've been to my office. And. Um, but you came to my office and you helped me set up the microphone and the stand, and uh, we tested it. And I think Dan was there. At some point, we have to talk about Dan and we give him well. some some might kudos. Well. Yeah, I mean he's the guy behind the guys for a hundred so episodes. Tell our so. listeners who Dan is. Who's so sitting right here with us? Dan is with a white sitting. claw, by the way. Yeah, he's trying white claw too. <laughs> he's taking some pictures. He's drinking white claw. Dan is uh, the guy responsible for what you guys are listening to, basically. 
he's been doing all the production and the publishing and getting it out on iTunes and now Stitcher and all those other different platforms that podcasts are on. Without him, none of this happens. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. And so we we tested we tested the mic, and then I remember we put a calendar appointment for our first show. And I remember I at that time I was like, okay, what are we talking about? And we were like, oh, it's an introduction show. We'll just talk a little bit about ourselves. And I remember at that point, you know, I'm just like taking a bunch of notes. I even think I sent you the notes if I'm if I remember correctly. Sent you the notes and and, and they were pretty detailed and it was like pretty much written word for word and it was just too much and. I, I actually, in, in preparation for this, I almost went back to that first show and listened to it. But for two reasons. I didn't have the time, because I, I did listen to all three shows that we're going to talk about today. I didn't have time, but also I was a little bit nervous to listen to it, because I, I didn't want to hear how we sounded on that first show. Because I think this is one of those things where you do get better with time and a little bit more relaxed, and, and, you, and, you, and you, it's just part of the process. But... Fast forward to today, I mean, gosh, we've had pretty much every big name in in Portland real estate on the show. We've interviewed big people over at Zillow on yeah. a national level. And they um, lied to us uh, <laughs> on the show, virtually face-to-face. Um, we, we've seen, as you acknowledged, we've seen other people go, wait a minute, you know, that builds credibility. That, um, that Your clients will think more of you if you do that. We should do that, too. And and we and it and it and there is truth to that, but boy, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of perseverance. It's a lot of determination, and it it just takes grit. It takes and and there's an element of of you know natural you know ability and talent that I think the the the, the people in this group, especially Joe, man, this guy, he, the gift of gab has he when 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 God was handing that out, he 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 shook his wand at you twice. <laughs> That's funny, <laughs> but I th- and and here we are, episode one hundred. It's been an it's been an it's been an amazing run. Um, I think when we're done with this episode, we'll talk about where we go from here and some some future ideas we have. But who wants to talk a little bit about the agenda and, and kind of how we came up with what we're going to talk about on the show? Well, let's talk about what we're going to talk about some more about that. <laughs> I sure. love it. We're going to talk about our three biggest shows. So all of our listeners have voted, and including ourselves. And we basically picked out our three best shows over the last 100. And it should be noted, too, that within that group of people that we have interviewed, over the course of time, we'll say the first few people we interviewed were like, what's a podcast and how in the world does this all work, right? And so Dan would have to show them how it all works and get them to understand it. Now we ask somebody and it's like, oh, no problem. Yep. Easy. Yep. So the growth of podcasts over that time has been huge, not only on the recognition side, but also on the guest side and understanding how it all works and comes together. So that's a, a big thing. But going way back, um, the first guest that we had was Terry, I believe. Or no, was it Randy? The first of these ones? Yeah, the first guest of these. Yeah. I think it was Terry. So Terry, <clears throat> and so Terry hadn't heard of a podcast at the time. No. And Dan had to work with him and myself very closely. He was a great guest. But getting him acquainted with like what it is, how to do it, all that stuff, it was uh, it was a task. Uh, and so we got him kind of set up, and then we got him to uh, give a great interview. But he was our first uh, of three most popular interviews. Second was uh, Randy uh, Sebastian from Renaissance Homes, and he gave a great interview from more of a builder perspective. And then we also had uh, Justin Harnish, who was uh, able to come on the show and kind of give us. Uh, 
kind of behind the scenes of what goes on at Harnish Properties, which I know people were definitely interested in hearing about. So I think those are the three biggest shows that we had. We did have Zillow on too. So like that was one that was probably a big show <clears> that people were interested in in terms of like what is Zillow trying to do. And they told us that they weren't trying to buy houses, and they were not trying to generate seller leads. Yeah, they were trying yeah. to generate. Seller we leads. just want seller leads. Yeah. We don't want to. We don't want to buy the houses. That's just a shtick, so that we can get you guys seller leads. And then, flash forward two years later, or a year and a half later, different CEO. They've ousted one, or something happened. And oh, by the way, in our in, uh, earnings calls, when we're talking to our investors. We're trying to buy houses and we're flipping them and there's a, you know, 20 billion mar a year market here and we're, we're on it. So, yes, there was some lies on that show. See, the, sure. the first rule about <clears throat> iBuyer is don't talk about iBuyer. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the iBuyer model, an interesting one. But they eventually, well, they had to come clean eventually. They didn't come back on the show and come clean, but they did put out a uh, press release. Yeah. But that aside, we had, I would say our three biggest shows were uh, Terry, Randy, and Justin and uh, we agreed with our audience in that regard and all three of those shows you know we went back and listened to them before this show and they all you know gave timeless we'll call it wisdom or insight into this business which is kind of cool I mean thinking back to when we got into this business there was nothing like that to no. listen to we were just kind of wandering aimlessly <clears throat> hoping that somebody would uh, you know talk to us and tell us how this business works where now you can just download the iTunes app yeah. and uh, listen to these guys impart a little wisdom on you. So, I don't know. Let's talk about these three interviews because it was really cool of them, especially going back to the point that they didn't even know what a podcast was when we asked them to be on yeah. it. And so when you ask for people's time and they have no idea what they're really signing up for, it's pretty cool for them to say yes. And they were good. They were natural talents. They, I mean, they, they spoke well. They had good voices. And, and man... I mean, it, it it felt rehearsed, and it, it really wasn't. And that's the beauty of this is, is I, you know, in my early days when you told me we're gonna do a podcast, I thought that's I was envisioning like rehearsals, like you know, you know this this whole whole phony money, like you know, create this presentation, like you know, like you would say if you said, hey Steve, we're gonna be in a play, right? And 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 the reality is that's not what it is, but. And those guys were really good at that. Um, that takes a special person, and, and they had it, and they brought their best. As Tucker just said, I mean, Terry Sprague, Justin Harnish, and Randy Sebastian, if you guys have not heard those interviews, or, get this, if you have, which, by the way, I was in two of those interviews. Joe sat in for me on one, the third one. Should we give them the numbers? Let's give them the numbers. Because I, I sent sure. them out. I think uh, Randy was number 32, Terry was number 38, and Justin Harness was number 37. So for so, those of you guys that want a quick you know, refresher. You should definitely uh, re-listen to those. Those guys are great. If you go on to iTunes Podcasts, I mean, on my phone, you just, you know, Apple phones, you have a podcast button. You do a search. Obviously, you, if most of you have, have us downloaded. If you don't, you do a search for Portland Real Estate Podcast, and you just scroll through and find those ones. I was, as I was saying, I was in two of those interviews. I re-listened to them in the last 48 hours, and I was like, I was hearing them for the first time, and I was like, Wow. I think for me it was really impressed. What really jumped out at me is when I first, and you, you'll hear this on the podcast, and 
and take with it what you want from this, but I'm going to be really honest here. On that first po- podcast with Terry Sprague, I was very clear that I don't do much in luxury real estate. I've, you know, kind of built a team and I'm leveraged and I really focus on that 100 to 800,000. I said that in that podcast. Joe likes the white cost, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, just pulled I figure I, I had lime. I still have three more flavors to go. <laughs> Ruby grapefruit is the, the choice right now. Maybe white cost is sponsor our show moving forward. That's, that's yeah. right. Hey, is that how you make money off yeah. the podcast? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I need some white clouds skis. So... When, when we did that podcast with Terry Sprague, I wasn't in the luxury market, and I wasn't really trying, but, I, you know, it was interesting. And I, and I said I've done a few higher-end homes. Well, here we are three years later, and I am doing more of those, and I have made it a focus for the last couple of years. And I'm looking at the things I'm doing, and I'm like, man, I'm doing what he talked about. I'm doing a lot of the things he talked about. So... You know, that's a chicken and the egg. I mean, I, I I learned from Terry, but at the same time, as I was listening to it again yesterday, I'm like, I, I need to be doing that too. So I'm still learning from, from him. So same with Justin. Both those guys had just some never-ending timeless wisdom about the higher-end market. And I think everybody, you know, strives to be in that market. So I, I challenge one of our listeners to go, no, 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 no. That's not where I want to be. So if you haven't had the chance to listen to those, or if you did listen to them three, four years ago, listen again, and you'll hear it again for the first time. Same with Randy Sebastian. Um, Although I will say, I think you told me. I haven't listened to it verbatim on the show from the episode, but I think he said he would never do Street of Dreams again. Actually, I listened to it, and he didn't say that. <laughs> okay, He right, did not mind. say that. Scratch that from the record. Um, yeah. that's, the, that's the beauty of these podcasts is they're actually they're pretty cool to go back and listen to because you think you think you heard things. No, we I can, listen. We can start that rumor, though. <clears throat> yeah. And I think I think in, in the clips that we play, you should, you should play that. He was actually pretty spot on with reality. He said, he goes, I love the Street of Dreams. I did it, and he rattled off, you know, 92, 93, and I did it four or five more years. This was in 2016 when we interviewed him. He said, we're too busy now, but I'm sure I'll do it again. Yeah, I, I don't know why I remembered that as he, him being, I think I was confusing him with you. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I think I've heard you yeah. say so many times I'm never going to do it again that I associated that with Randy. And it's not a bad thing, yeah. I guess yeah. I should say publicly. Yeah. It wasn't a, it was a good experience. It was just a taxing experience. Yeah, so. yeah. So we're too busy. <laughs> wait, and, wait. And, before oh, before we jump in, I gotta we gotta do a cheers. Okay. Right. The centennial episode. So this is your baby, not mine. First of all, cheers to Dan because without Dan, we three would never be able to figure any of this out. <laughs> but thanks for having me on the best of masters. All those episodes. Thank you for the hundredth episode. I don't think we gave you kudos. No, well, we'll we, do that after that. We talk about the three. We're gonna come back to you. Yeah, we're we're not done with you. But we we're, we're. I mean, we can do the cheers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But we can. We're not done talking about best of masters because I think one of our one of our things that we're doing here. Cheers, everybody. Is we're gonna talk about the biggest three, and you're a part of the biggest three, by the way. As and hence why you're here. But I think. Then we're going to talk about, okay, what were some of the others? And, you know, I've, I wrote down, you know, RMLS and Kurt Von Wasmuth. I mean, he's been yeah. awesome on the podcast. He was a great show. But yeah. you you came on as a regular, and, and you were always one of our favorite shows, and we'll, we'll get to that later. So. so let me get through my cheers. <clears throat> okay. My cheers is based on selflessness, right? So you guys putting this thing on, you're, like, sharing knowledge to everybody in the real estate world. You're interviewing the biggest names in all of real estate and real estate related services. You're doing it for free. 
trying to make everybody better. Also, these guys, which, Tucker, you didn't even say their last name. Everyone knew who the hell you're talking about. You said Terry, you said Randy, and you said Justin. If you don't automatically know who those three people are, you were born on the moon. So those guys have been very selfless, and, and everybody else that's been on your podcast, they're so willing to share and so willing to help. I think that is really awesome. So for your 100th episode, my my toast is to everyone being so selfless and putting it all together. Well, hopefully when we tag them all and releasing this, they'll be selfless in promoting it as well. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. hope so. Well, and you, you, I guess, heck, we're going there right now. I mean, you said that about the best of, ma- or about the master's group. That when, you know, in one of those episodes, you talked about how you were going through the dark days of the downturn. In, in listening to some of our our old podcasts, we called it the real estate holocaust, right? Um, that might not be PC now, but uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll call it the dark days. Yeah, yeah. But um, we talked about how you talked about how you were like, okay, we're all islands out there. What if I could unify us and and we could make each other better? We could give each other support. We could realize that there's other people going through these challenges and, and everybody lift each other up and. Um, your your format's different. We know that. You know, not everybody can jump in on this and talk with us. Um, but but I think our, our our vision is the same. Like you know, this there's there's a lot to learn from this business, and and uh, Tucker and I are students of the business, and we want to pull in other students of the business. And and you know, uh, Terry was a great one in his interview. I li- I re-listened to it today, and he just he would, and even Randy said it. He said we're housing geeks over here. He's like. We're housing geeks over here. Terry said, "I'm, you know, I'm a scientist of the business. I want to know, you know, where buyers are going, what they're doing." Do you remember Justin pulling out the stats? Yeah. And those were good stats. I, I listened to that one again yesterday, and he was like, "In 2010, you know, over over three million dollars, we sold three houses. In 2011, we sold five. I mean, he, if you haven't That's listened a big to, yeah, yeah, yeah." But what the one he, the one demographic he said was really changing was the one to two million. He said that one was you know there was like twenty in two thousand ten or I I'm, don't quote me here guys listen to the to the episode. But then there was you know twenty five in two thousand eleven. But then in like two thousand sixteen it was climbing to like a hundred. And I think Terry said one five was like sweet spot yeah right? yeah he did one point he which, said candy candy that's yeah, right he yeah said he candy. said candy yeah so that uh we yeah. tried to we tried to be in the candy yeah spot as much yeah. as possible yeah yeah terry for those of you let's let's um a, a couple things that's interesting about these three big interviews okay two of them are, are luxury um real estate players big time luxury real estate players you know top top of top tier you know probably often bumping into each other at the same listing appointments would be my guess on the some of the biggest properties um but they're so different in how they got there and that was what was so cool and and to listen to both those episodes you've got and they both they both deserve kudos and we gave them both kudos and you, you were a big part of that on 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 justin's i mean terry pulled himself up from nothing in a matter of eight years when we interviewed him he had been in Portland real estate for eight years, and he immediately honed in on the luxury high-end market. He, <laughs> I, in one of my questions, I said, "So did you schlep a couple townhomes on the east side to to, to to get your way?" And he's like, "Nope, I went straight." And he gives the roadmap 
For those of you, again, go back and listen to it. He gives the roadmap. I was brand new. There was agents in my offices. Probably would be my guess. I don't remember if he said it or not. Probably agents on on the retiring side who are like, yeah, go hold my house open. You know, it's a $2 million home. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. This is the roadmap. And he goes and he holds it open and he meets people. Obviously, it takes the right mentality and personality, but he meets people and he leverages that. And then suddenly he has an opportunity. He said he also, he asked him if he could make marketing pieces for that listing with his info on it. And that's, <clears throat> that's part of the roadmap. I mean, so he was spending money on listings that weren't his, going there, doing open houses, giving away um, pieces for them, and getting luxury home opportunities right out of the gate. And then as you better believe the second he had an open house, guess what he's doing? He's doing that times 10, and he's, he's picking up buyers. He talked, he had some really interesting stuff to say, because I asked him, I was like, Terry, okay, so I get, that's, that's awesome. I, my problem is I've got, you know, $300,000 townhomes coming at me. How do you handle that? And he, he gave his piece. Now, you know, there's different schools of thought on it, but he, he did say, you know, I like to advise him. Um, I, you know, I typically don't want those listings. I'll refer to one of my other agents, but I'll help. I'll be a part of it. Um, he just gave such a great roadmap of being at zero and going to 100 in such a short amount of time. Both you and I, our jaws dropped on that episode. Do you remember? You, you and I both go, Terry, you've only been in real estate eight years? I remember I had met him unknowingly when he was kind of on the front edge of that journey. He came out to one of our, uh, at the time, higher-end projects in Laurelhurst, which we were selling for just under a million bucks, which at the time was a very expensive home in Portland. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking to myself, I was like, who is this better-dressed gentleman than myself <laughs> that showed up and we were uh, in construction still? And so he had some shiny shoes on and, uh, you know, a nice shirt. And I was like, you sure you want to come in here? Because it's, uh, you know, it's, it was raining and it was muddy and, you know, it was just construction site. But he was a really nice guy. And it turns out that yeah. was Terry, yeah. you know. And, you know, we crossed paths, what, six years later uh, yeah. via the interview. But obviously we, we crossed wow. paths a few times. I don't think you there, talked about that on that interview. Yeah, that's a fresh story yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was wasn't in there. Random running. <clears throat> so back to where, where I was going. So ter so here you've got Terry giving the roadmap from zero to 100. Then you've got Justin from a different perspective, and it was very transparent. I mean, he he himself brought it up. Um, and I think Joe helped with that, we should say, because Joe had history with him. I didn't oh, yeah, really know yeah. him. Well, I mean, we'd done a few transactions together, but I didn't really know him at that point. Yeah. And you yeah. had to sit that one out for, yep. I don't know. I had a class why. I was teaching, and, um, and somehow we got our wires crossed, and it it worked out even better because Joe knew him, and you could talk about being in the same room when he first showed up. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how different he was from Terry and his, his well, coming into real estate? So. Justin is an interesting story. Uh, we were together at two companies. I've known him for, I don't know, let's say 20 years. And I was there for his first day, right? His mom, Christy, was like the big time realtor of, you know, Portland, some say Oregon. And all eyes were really on Justin. And it's interesting when you get into family businesses and family dynamics they don't always go so well and I went to Jesuit high school and a lot of the the parents there they have car dealerships and carpet companies and these big massive companies and the son graduates and goes to college and then the son is the VP and I've seen some guys uh, crumble the company and and 
six months I've seen people push back and forth and not really gain traction but not slip backwards and I've seen some guys just hit a grand slam and I was kind of curious to see how Justin would go through this. Uh, he was young to have a, a large amount of success at a young age. It could get to your head. You could be number one in your fan club and he, uh, he stays pretty humble. And on that podcast, which I listened to today, uh, there were a couple turning points. I told him a couple turning points in his business, and there was one turning point of something he said that I thought, wow, this guy, there's no ceiling for this guy. And somebody asked him, what can you tell me about the lake? And he said, how many homes were built? How many were under construction? How many bays? How many canals? How many gallons of water? <laughs> you know, the mm -hmm. mileage around it. <clears throat> he, he just spit it all out and uh those i love that by the way i do too I ate that up when when i heard that i was like duh like why w wouldn't if you're going in that market those are the thing i mean you know it reminds me of sports you know you see the glamorous the, the golfer that wins the tournament you don't see the the thousand chip shots that guy just did last saturday right and that was what he was doing with our business as a student of it that was so cool well yeah. so uh what was it, Ernie Ells, who won the Masters one year, he said that there's only like five minutes of actual golf, the the swing and the, the club hitting the ball, but there's like 100,000 hours preparing for that day, yeah, right? Yeah. So whatever you want to call it, a young guy uh, coming into a family business where the family's successful, call it born on third base, lucky sperm club, you know, silver spoon, whatever it is. You have to have a little bit of grit to to take the ball and just run through some 320 pound tackles to to get it into the end zone. And he did. He's he's arguably the the best realtor in Oregon. With I don't know what it well, is. I don't, I don't think it's arguable. His numbers are uh, 110, yeah. 115 million yeah. uh, closed sales <clears throat> in last year. That's an estimate. And he's like in the fraction of the 1% probably for the United States. That's not easy to do because there's a lot of super all-stars out there. I mean, just look at the Portland market. It's not uncommon to have people that close 40 and 60 and 80 mm -hmm. million dollars, right? And to be the, the top of the top in the state. And he was very selfless. And, and my takeaways from that was... Uh, he wanted to follow good people that were smart and they had it figured out and whether they knew that uh, they were a mentor for him or not uh, they were and he just kind of did what they did and modeled and then uh, uh, he always talks about kind of being a master of your craft which is what we talk about masters that's kind of how it got developed is if you're gonna be a real estate agent be the best real estate agent if you're going to be a garbage man, be the best garbage man. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, life's too short to walk around being mediocre at everything you do. I, I, I love that. And I would add to that from my experience, life's harder when you are mediocre. It is. Like, if you think working hard and, 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 and mastering your craft is a lot of hard work and pain try sucking at what you do <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like that is a that is just a life of misery 
So, I mean... And that reminds me of something he said, uh, which was a, a quote, and I, I don't know if I said it or I posted it or something like that, but he said, when you're selling your largest material asset mm-hmm. and someone is hiring a broker and you're hiring someone who is a professional who is expensive and you're like, if you think I'm expensive... Hire someone who sucks at what they do. Yeah, yeah. And you will understand how expensive yeah. it can be yeah. for your largest material asset. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he said, if, if you think hiring a professional is expensive, try hiring somebody that isn't along those lines. Yeah, um, yeah. keep going, Joe. Good stuff. I mean, it's, it's an awesome interview. It is. And, and I think what you guys touched on, too, is he didn't just, he didn't just keep running at the same pace as his mom he i mean he grew the brand he he took it further and and faster and um interestingly enough i made a note here while you're talking because it's it's kind of a concept of you touched on it but he said it in his in his interview he said he didn't say this per se but i wrote it down stand on the shoulders of the giants before you do you know what's interesting he said on that interview i didn't know his mom learned from barbara sue seal right so she, it's not like Christy Harnish, who you said, you know, just now was one of the biggest in Oregon. It's not like she just came out of nowhere. She was the right-hand person to Barbara Sue Seal for so many years. So she learned from him. He learns from his mom. Wait, Barbara Sue Seal is a him? She learns from her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is it's 2018. A, it's a him, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A him but, but he drinks White Claws. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. yeah, that's right. No, um... But then he learns from his mom, and 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 the the beauty of that model is you can take all the good they do, you can see the bad too, and you can filter that out, and then you can add your 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 squeeze, your flavor, your creativity to it. What a great way to do business, and that's what I'm so proud of with the podcast is we take we're we've taken those giants and we've put them in our people in our the agents of this city's car or city and beyond wherever they are and and we've said look here's what the giants are doing take that and run with it and 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 that is just it's just such a great formula for for creating just you know uh, an amazing experience and and it's something i'm very very proud of yeah, which, is, cool. which is the reason we have uh, interviews with all these guys because everybody has something to learn with. yeah and people should go back and listen to it because it's been 70 episodes since we've interviewed yeah. these guys. But Three years. But there's also been a, a huge uptick in the amount of people who listen to the show. So I think a lot of people listen to the show now. Hopefully they've gone back and listened to those episodes as well because, as you said, they are timeless. But uh, the, the world itself has become much more aware of podcasting. Yeah. You know? And I think that yeah. that's a big thing. So hopefully this, this interview will bring some awareness to those shows and people can go back and listen to them because they are great shows. But to your point about knowing the market and things like that, I – just came from appointment meeting Justin with a deal that he brought us that we're going to redevelop in Lake Oswego here and I wanted a second opinion on creating kind of a type of housing that doesn't exist in a price point in first edition and he knew it real well oh yeah and so it was uh, you know just kind of a, a testament sort of like with the lake right he knew okay where does the sun rise where does it set what who gets afternoon sun who gets morning sun I remember he talked a lot about that and that uh, you know factored into value a lot and so he had the same thing with first edition. So there's a there's a lot of really good stuff. One person that we should mention though is Matthew Tursick, who we interviewed, which would have been a great show. 
but we uh, we screwed up on the production end of that. And, it's uh, the only one. Yeah, the only one out of. We 100. had ninety nine other good ones. Yeah, but <laughs> he, uh, you know, he was a great interview. He great. He gave a great interview also, and he's come from kind of a real estate family as well. And uh, you know, I think it's it's fun to hear from people that are from a real estate family because from an outside perspective and somebody that, you know, you and me, Steve, we got in the business back in '03, right? And I didn't know a soul. You said that in, in, real in one of those podcasts. I think Randy's, I think you said that. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know one person, literally not one person in mm-hmm. this whole business. And I stuck and I'm still here. But people like me look at people like that and we just initially hate them just mm-hmm. by virtue of where they are and where we are starting out. Now, you learn to like them over time and you get to know them as a person. But from afar, you always kind of have a little disdain for something like that. But it was cool to interview those guys because after listening to the interviews, you actually should like them because they embrace, you know, that whole process of inheriting, you know, a book of business or a name or a brand, and they both did really well with it. So it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, Matt's interview got cut short, but uh, they were they were both great shows. So you yeah. should bring them back. We should. <clears throat> yeah, and with uh, and and with Justin, you know, I think there's probably there's there's challenges too with that. There's challenges, and you you touched on that in the in the interview. You know, there's a bullseye on your back from day one. Mm-hmm. You're not just some faceless, you know, nameless person in the crowd. You you have a bullseye on your back, and everyone's talking behind your back, and they're like, oh, guess what he's doing. And so there's challenges to overcome. I think we, we, we focus, you know, it's easy as an outsider to focus on the advantages they have. And, and, and let me give you another challenge. You're not, it's, it's, this is a tough business if you're not hungry. It is. It, I mean... You know, there's two extremes in this business, in my opinion. There's the people that are too hungry, and that's problematic, right? Where you need a paycheck yesterday, and you're barely going to be able to pay rent this month if you if you don't get it. Um, but then I'd say the other extreme is a, is a challenge, where you know, mom's got plenty of money, you're you, you, you know, you're on a steady paycheck, and you know, whatever the case is, um, and that that can be that can be challenging of itself. It's it to 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 find that inner fire and grind and work 70 hours at times where you don't have to do that is not easy to do um i'm somebody that's probably closer to the other side but not never quite there and i i was i i had there's times in in this business in the mortgage business tucker and i think you can probably relate to some extent i had gators nipping at my heels you know they were back there like if i didn't if Who I was did, the realtor that actually had gators in that house that was a grow-up <laughs> by the way? <laughs> we won't say his name, but yeah. Anyway, but I digress. I was a, just going to say it. Yeah. There's a healthy amount of gators nipping at your heels. Hopefully, they're never getting skin and, and, and drawing blood. But they're back there, and your mind is like, if I don't work my ass off, and if I don't focus, and if I don't de- perform, I may have to go find something else to do, and I don't want to do that. And... um. And so, so it's it's it. I think it's fair to say that there are challenges on on both extremes of this business. But and Justin held, you know, handled those challenges very well. And from everything I've ever seen and heard, I mean, he's a very driven, focused, hardworking person. Um, I love a couple things. I want to talk commonalities between the two. <clears throat> Let's we talked a little bit about some differences between Justin and Terry. Here's the commonalities. They both get FaceTime. And as I listen to both those interviews in the last 48 hours, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get back out to those $1.6 million listings. And I got to I gotta see those people. 
I got to, you know, hold those houses open. If an offer comes, let me call them, set up an appointment, go meet with them. Because that's how you get those referrals. That's how they remember you forever as their person. Um, and that's how you get around their sphere. And and I think I'm, I am I learned that and, and it reinforced that into me that I... <clears throat> yeah, Terry drove that home. Yeah. He said they want a guy, right? Justin said, yeah. go, go, go put offers in person in front of them. I mean... He was talking about the other side, but I think he meant it across the business. And and <clears throat> you know, guys like guys like Justin, they're not doing you know they're not doing 150 deals a year. They're doing I think you know 50 ish. But but how they're getting those referrals and how they're get, getting that credibility in that market is that FaceTime. I, I think I'm guilty in my business of being in that mindset of you know a little bit more burn and turn, a little little lower price point, great system, great experience, things go smooth for the client, but there's not a lot of belly to belly with Steve. And and I, I have to I have to force myself to go, okay, that works over here, but I just jumped the line over here, and one of these deals over here is worth three of these over here, so they get three times more of me. And I need, and <clears throat> to hear both those powerhouses in that market say that, was just a big eye opener for me, and I'm I'm looking at my calendar, going, okay, when am I going to go meet with all those sellers? <laughs> I'm doing it. There's a white call down. <laughs> white call down. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot to take from from both of those. Uh, I mean, other commonalities? Anything else that uh, you remember? Commonalities. Um, high touch. Just just over and over again. High high touch. Not, I mean, they both talked about, um, Justin talked a lot about emails being like, you know, it's so easy to fall into that email thing. You know, you can send an email and it, it delivers the message. You can send a text and it delivers the message. But, you know, and even and, and you're not going to always drive over to their house and give them a message, but maybe dial their number. Give, you know, hey, how you doing? How about this and that? And, and, and you know, be their friend and, and, and build rapport and build, build, um, build that relationship. Um, Justin, Justin said, and I really like this. And 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 remember, this is an interview three years ago. <clears throat> but here we are, three years later. And, and and by the way, three years ago, I don't think I buyer was a term, but no. it is today. Uh -huh. And one thing he said, and this was kind of it was to me as I listen to it now, in today's with today's you know um, goggles on, if you will he was predicting this he said be their advisor be their representation and he was talking about in this situation you know delivering the offer in person okay and but but you can take that way beyond that right if you, if i'm your representative where am i am i with you do i meet you once do i meet you three times what is representation and he was like be there in person be be there on the phone don't get guilty of hiding behind emails, hiding behind texts, you know, just getting in the busyness of, of the day-to-day. -day. You know what's interesting between Justin and Terry, so I had a two to two and a half million dollar buyer, and so we're out looking at properties, and Justin has like eight of them uh, on the market that we were going to go look at, and his office, they meet you in person, they're there a half hour early. They turn on all the lights. They, you know, get out of the way if you want them to, or they'll 
point out all the features if you want them to. And then you just like walk out, they turn off lights, lock up, do everything. There's a lot of belly to belly there. And uh, a lot of times it's someone in his office, sometimes it's Justin, which I always love because he really has a great sense of humor. And then with Terry, we were in uh, the youth music project panel of realtors. I don't know if, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you went to that, but uh, his big thing is be delightful that was mm -hmm. his I don't want to say shtick but they just said what what's your secret sauce what do you do and he said just show up and be delightful mm -hmm. and they both kind of have that it's sort of hard to be delightful via email or on the phone but in person you have someone's undivided attention mm -hmm. if you call them on the phone they hang up and you're gone mm -hmm. or uh, a text they just block you mm -hmm. but if you're sitting across from someone they can't just close their eyes and then you're, you're gone you know like the dog that thinks if the dog you know is in trouble and it sticks his head under the bed it thinks it's invisible to everyone else because it can't see you by the way from our early conversations you your dog's done that a few times and yeah my dog has yeah, done that yeah. all right i'm back so anyway uh show up in person be delightful be prepared be the master of your craft and you know preemptively do some forward thinking of what they might want. If you're showing a property that's on acreage, have plat maps available, have topo maps, show them where floodplains are, mm -hmm. show them all the stuff that if you yourself were a buyer or a seller would have those very same questions. And when those questions arrive, it's like, well, gee, you want to know about the floodplain? Boom, here you go. You want to know about topography? Here you go. You want to know about setbacks? You can build a fence here, here, and here, hardscape here. That is the difference between a professional and someone's here who's here just trying to ride the good wave of real estate while it lasts. Yeah, and and I, I heard that loud and clear in both those interviews, and Terry talked about it. And and I, I think what I – and I'm guilty of this. this I learned – again, guys, I'm learning – both times I'm listening to these interviews, and I probably need to listen to them each another three, four times. But I'm guilty of thinking agent-accompanied show showings are a liability when I really need to think of them as an opportunity. And Terry said that. He's like, you have the ability to be the wingman of that buyer's agent there at your listing. Obviously, you have to do it right, right? You know, you're not trying to get in front of their clients. You're not trying to be pushy. But... But you're there as a representative of your seller, and you, who knows the property best, can highlight, showcase, you can get there early, you can set it up, you can close it down. And by the way, in addition to how much that helps, that showing, um, don't you think your sellers know that? Of course they do. They know you were there. They, they know when I'm there and when one of my team members is there. And don't you think they go, it just makes the difference. If you want to grow that business, those are the nuggets those guys are throwing to our listeners that we should be, you know, honing in on. I actually, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm outing myself here. I've had a few high-end listings where I've talked them into non-agent accompanied, and I'm sitting here now and I'm listening to these podcasts again. I'm like, maybe, you know, maybe this is why I have six today and not, you know, twenty. Uh, high-end listings. Maybe these are those little tweaks where, where I can grow and learn from these, these you know, 
these giants that that I can stand on their shoulders and and take their their wisdom and, and grow with it. You know, from my perspective, having built a lot of high end houses and building some, I think what it really boils down to, I think being their advisor is a big thing, but like mastering your craft, knowing that market so well that you can give honest feedback or information that isn't like, you know, shiny sales, you know, you're not just a chauffeur, right? Like you're actually able to give them some tangible information other than what the listing description gives, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of people, this is one of the weirdest businesses, right? Where like you can literally know nothing about the product you sell other than the process of sales and sell that product. There are very mm-hmm. few businesses like that, but there's a lot of people in this business that know nothing about the actual product, that sell the product, and stand on a you know a pedestal screaming about ethics and how great they are, but really all they know is the process. They don't know the product. That's a good point. And if you want to be irreplaceable, <clears throat> you got to know the process stuff, but know the product as well. And mm-hmm. I think that's really what they were saying in kind of roundabout way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately the key to becoming a higher-end agent is, is knowing that product so well that when you go do your face-to-face time like you're talking about, you leave and they're like, holy shit, he knows his stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Cancel it. Well, then whatever the next guy we're seeing or whatever, we don't need to see him, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really the secret. And I'm not an agent, but that's just my outside perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the truth. A lot of brokers, I think in, in Harnish's podcast, he said that they just sort of do a price per foot around the lake. Mm-hmm. And you really can't do that. you got to break it down by neighborhood and you know the the north side gets the sun but you have the train and the south side doesn't get the sun but it's quieter and and higher and all these different things and you really got to know your stuff and that's all we really promote is just be the best you absolutely can be and it's he actually has become that Mm -hmm. at least for Oregon and Mm -hmm. And all these guys, actually, Terry, too. I mean, Terry uh, has had a pretty impressive eight-year run or however long it's been. Well, now, now it's been 11 years. I 11? was doing some math. Because that, okay. that was in 16 that we interviewed him, and here we are in 19. So, yeah. He's... Yeah. His first year was, what, $9 million, and His second year was, like, 27 I think, yeah. I, if my yeah. memory serves. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he, again, to our listeners, he gave the roadmap if, to, to, from day one. And and by the way, that roadmap's easier if it's not day one for you. If you've been doing real estate for two, three years or five years and you de- you decide, I want to go into the higher end, um, he, he did give the roadmap to it. Um, and I've had offline conversations with him. He he swears, and and I agree with him because I've, I've implemented it. In fact, over here on Upper Drive, not too far from you, Tucker, I got I got that 1.2 million dollar listing. Immediately, I did the open house, met some buyers. They're now on lower drive. <laughs> okay. In a 900 thousand dollar house. Well, there um, you go. So I mean, being at those open houses of the high end stuff. Now I get it. As 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 busy agents with a big, big book of business, you can't do all your open houses, but do those high end ones. Do those ones. The sellers will be there. They'll thank you. They'll shake your hand. Thanks for coming, Steve or or Joe. Um, they'll 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 show you a few things that they did. Um, you'll build that relationship. You'll be there for some opportunities. Neighbors are gonna pop in. They're gonna check out your marketing. They're gonna talk to you. They're gonna say, "Oh, I've seen you around, but I didn't think you did your own open houses." This is the stuff Terry says, and I agree with it. Mm-hmm. On those ones, it makes a big difference, and the buyers are there. The buyers that come in who are looking for those types of homes, 
Um, so that was a big thing. I've I've heard him say. I've heard Joelle Lewis say that she's she's a, a, a pretty high end agent in our company. She swears by doing her high end open houses. Um, so the roadmap is out there for our listeners. And and uh, as I'm telling you, three years ago I wasn't per se following the roadmap. I've since started to follow it, and it works. I'm I'm here to tell you it works. Let's talk about. Renaissance Homes, Randy Sebastian. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about Randy, and then we'll talk about where the where we're going, right? Where there we go. Yeah. So, Randy has continued to dominate the world uh, <laughs> since that show three years ago. Um, God, he's doing a ton. I mean, everywhere you look, Renaissance has got infill stuff going. They have changed their business model completely, which I think he broke down in that show uh, pretty, uh, you know, vividly. He's doing a lot of infill, right? And a so lot of they, infill, a lot of Portland, a lot of Lake Oswego spot lots. Yep. Not big developments, and yep. they're still doing that, but probably you know to a much greater extent than they were even then. Do you remember the expression he used? Um, Seal Team Six. Yes. For, for yes. The, uh, yes. Yes. And those would be for yeah. the. He the, said the challenging lots. We we'll talked about the the national builders. And Lennar, Dr. Horton, you know, is Polygon National? Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we talked about them, and I, we said, how how much of the real estate around here are they doing? He said, versus the local guys, he said about seventy percent. If you look at permits being pulled, and we're like, whoa, both you and I are surprised. We thought it was maybe more like fifty percent. And he and we said, he said, you know what though? They are the army. They're out in the suburbs. South Hillsboro is full of the, that army yeah. right, right now. They're they're taken down. They have the access. They have the money. They have the Wall Street funds. They're buying acres and acres at a time, and they're just putting up assembly lines. We are the um, SEAL Team Six. We're the uh, strategic forces that go in, and we, the local builders, have the opportunity to be far better than them at the smaller stuff. And that's what he's built his business model around. And and obviously you have too, Tucker. They've gone on to do a lot of things, and uh, it's been—it's interesting to see because you know we're heading into inevitably the end of a market cycle at some point here. We've been calling it for probably three years, and it just never showed up. So we look like Chicken Little a little bit, but <laughs> you know, at this point, you know they're going gangbusters. We're still doing a bunch. Um, who knows when the cycle is actually going to end and what it's going to look like when it does? But it's true. Uh, it's true. They, they've got a lot on the board. they got a lot going on. It'd be interesting to interview him again, and maybe we can get him on the show, to hear what his thoughts are now with as big as that operation is, which I have to imagine, because he said they were trying to do 10 homes a month at that yeah. point. And i got to imagine they're doing more than that at this point. Hmm. Or maybe they were on the downside of that before, they're on the upside of that now. Yeah. I don't know by how much. But, yeah. I mean, they've got stuff going on <clears> everywhere. And they've got, like... They're not just in the low price points. They're doing spot lots in the two million plus arena now too, or close to two million bucks, and uh, a lot of lots that we looked at that maybe we passed on or we just financially didn't have the bandwidth to take them on at the time. But they just gobbled them up and they're doing them. So there's they've got a lot of money on the board right now, and it would be interesting to hear kind of his thoughts on hedging risk with where we're at in the cycle and whether or not they still believe just doing spot lots kind of hedge that risk i'd be, I'd be you, curious to climb you, inside the mind of, of renaissance yeah do you remember his story where he came from i do but maybe you could refresh our audience <laughs> <laughs> no and i and i didn't until i re-listened to the podcast so um he was at a gym surprise surprise um and uh he saw some guy this is 1984 saw That's some right. guy roll up in a red corvette brand new red corvette and he walks up to the guy and he's like, "What do you do?" You know, he's he's, ha- he's he's 
shooting the breeze with a guy. The guy goes, I'm a builder. And the guy, he goes, what do you what do you build? I build homes. He's like, oh, how many do you build? Uh, I think the guy said a couple a month. How much do you make each one? He said $10,000. He's like, I'm going to do that. And he went, he said he went, I mean, like that was it. It was his defining moment in his life. And I, I, have a, um, I have stories like that. I think you probably do, Tucker. I think... Joe, probably you somewhere met a realtor, or, you know. I, I think we all do, and so it was cool to hear his. We all have that moment where we were talking to someone, and you're in the back of your head going, "If this guy can do it, I can do it." <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And um, and uh, he goes down. He gets his license with the state, and funding was easier. He said he acknowledged. He said the barrier to entry now is the highest I've seen in my life. He said it's harder to build now than it ever has been in his 32 years. But he said back then, you know, it, it wasn't. And there were, he said they had just gone through. Um, and I, I've, obviously, we've all heard the stories of the early 80s where there's high inflation and and um, interest rates were in the teens. And he said so a lot of banks had taken SNLs. I think there was an SNL crisis and they had taken back a bunch of land. So they were paying the builders like, here's the land. We'll, we'll sell you the land, but we'll also give you a loan to build a house. And so he, he said, he just like Terry, within the first few years, he, he was, his first year he built like 20 some houses. Which is a lot, by the way. I mean, to, to build 20 houses in a year. To not know is, what you're doing. I mean, my gosh. You're you're replicating, you know, <laughs> lack of knowledge, right? Like you're going, but he and he he gave the story pretty detailed out. It was pretty. Oh, but prior to that, he owned a food cart of some sort, or food truck, or um, snow cone machine, or something. Listen to the podcast; it's in there. But um, he and he sold it and got twenty grand because he did need some funds. I mean, don't get me wrong; he, you you don't get to get become a builder back in '84 with zero dollars in the bank. He sold that and got twenty grand, and he sold some cool car. It was it sounded like a decent car for you know five six more grand, and he used those funds and and he uh, and Randy was really you know we we carefully worded questions we were gonna ask Randy about the downturn. You know you know you know what have you, what lessons have you learned and stuff. But he was pretty generous. I thought he he goes you know one of his exact lines that he said he said it's public record you know i went through some challenging times in the downturn but i've learned here's the lessons i've learned and it was pretty interesting to hear him be very open i think about he was that. very likable on that yeah show, to be honest yeah with. he was he's always one. a likable guy i think he was Randy is always a likable guy from afar some people judge and maybe don't want to like him but he he did himself a real service by coming on the show i think because i left that show going that was a great interview yeah he, he, he did until this job. day i think you guys are like you know you comment on each other's facebook pages yeah, and facebook he's just, buddies, yeah, yeah yeah no it was a it was a great show and i he is. Every time I've ever seen him, I, I just ran into him at the Street of Dreams this last year at his house and sat there and talked to him about his house and, and bodybuilding. And, you know, he was pretty excited about his house. He told me the things he had done, and we shared that on our Street of Dreams podcast, which I think was our last podcast. But let me, I'm trying to think of some other nuggets in that show. He talked about Portland. You both got into the Portland thing, you know. Oh, and, and this was a commonality. And I, I thought as I was kind of driving over here today to, and we're get, I, was, I was thinking about the three guests and, and, you know, some of the commonalities. I truly and genuinely believe that all three of those guys, Justin, Terry, and Randy, love Portland. I think so, too. I think we probably love Portland too, right? Yeah. I think that's an important part of parts of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and I don't mean the city proper of Portland. I mean where we live, right? Like, like I think to be successful in real estate, you you gotta sell 
what you love, right? I mean, if you if you're if you're looking at the clouds in December and you're going, gosh, when when's my you know when's my boat going to come in so I can head off to California, Southern California or Hawaii? You're just not going to be successful in this business. It's success in sales is a transfer of passion. It's where I love something and I'm going to show you why I love it, right? And those guys have that, and I think successful agents have that and I think successful builders need to have that they need to love houses and Randy talked about he was a, how he was a housing geek and how they just are constantly studying their houses he he even threw out there um, I didn't I didn't pick up on it the first time we did the interview but I heard it here recently he talked about things I don't even know Tucker like you 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 you'd probably totally relate to it siding and things that made sure he's never had a window leak in 12 years you remember that he said yeah that? they do their siding a special way and he talked about kiln burned lumber you know stuff that buyers probably don't even appreciate kiln, i mean kiln dried kiln dried yeah yeah, yeah yeah i mean stuff that the average buyer doesn't understand but they just know that they're somehow you know 15 years my later my house is doing pretty good. I like Renaissance. I'm gonna go buy another one, and, and and it's that long-term approach, and it's that, you know, scientific approach to the business. He's built a brand. He's built a great brand. Yeah, yeah you cannot deny that. I it, gave him a couple jabs. I told him his name's hard to spell. It is hard to spell. <laughs> I still can't spell it. I, I gotta have, uh, you know, what's whatever Google yeah, spell it yeah, for me as yeah, I start typing it yeah. in. But uh, you know, I guess the brand's big enough that it uh, can overshadow the spelling errors from yeah. people looking for it. And he relies on people like you to find the house. He took those jabs well. He, 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 do you know what he said? He said, when I went down to the state to get my my uh, license or name or whatever, business license, I had to ask for a dictionary. <laughs> he said, they said, how do you spell that? He goes, do you have a dictionary? <laughs> Which tells you two things. It's hard to spell. And it was, you know, the 80s. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, that's yeah. true. That's, that's true. That's funny. Well, we we've got kids that are gonna to want to get in this pool at some point. So let's let's talk about where we're going with this show. We got a hundred shows in the can now with this one. Where are we going for the next hundred? I want to give a couple props real quick. Okay. We've had a couple of other great guests. RMLS, Kurt von Wasmuth. He has been on our show twice. There's he's one of besides Joe. He's the only person that's been on our show twice. Am I wrong there? I think I'm I right. think we had Travis Olson on twice. We might have. We might have. Okay. Very few people have been on our show twice. He's awesome. He's a natural on the podcast of all our guests, including Joe, who should have a mic. <laughs> he 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 has a mic teed up in his office. He's very he's very sharing with with what is happening at RMLS, and we we really appreciate Kurt. I think we're due for another interview with, with Kurt when we talked to him. I think in January, February. We said let's not go another year or two. Let's let's get you on sooner because you've got just so much insight on what's happening over there. He's a great interview. No yeah, um, we've you know. Does anyone else have? Do you have? Well, who else comes to could mind? Could you get for Zillow you? back on? Maybe we could talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, yeah. They would. They might come on, but I'm. Here's my my relationship with Zillow. Okay, they're they're pestering me to go to some unlock thing in October that's invite only where they, they want to talk about what their direction and vision is. And I'm, I'm purposefully avoiding some of these things, partly because I want to maintain some relationship with Zillow. And I'm afraid if they get me in a room and start giving me a bunch of BS, I'm going to call them out on stuff. So same thing. You know, if we have them on the show, I want to be genuine. 
I don't want to be like, hey, so you're still going to send me leads if I tell you what I really think of you, right? Because like, I still spend a little bit of money with Zillow. It's, I'm not I'm not completely over them, but I, I definitely have, have lost a lot of trust in them. And so so probably not with Zillow. But, I was joking. Really, but, yeah. <laughs> but some other guests we've had, gosh, we've had Toya Bueller. She was awesome. I mean... We had we had your guy that was commercial downtown that told us he, he educated the heck out of me about yep, Jeff. about everything that was going on um, in the downtown market and the commercial and all the development and man that's only taken off since then yeah it really has in the last couple of years there's there's cranes every gosh every stones throw away down there so we've we've had so many guests we couldn't talk about them all today but we just wanted to give a couple of shout outs oh and then this guy this is where we are going to give this guy props so i, I, I want to share with our listeners real quick how joe joe came into the show you know i think we were probably about six seven eight shows deep we can we can look by going through the i think we met with him before before it, we did a show. No, I don't think we did. No? I don't think. I okay. think we did well, a couple. Very close to the beginning. And 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 somehow I was like, I, there's something here because because Joe's a great guy. We'd done a couple deals together. They weren't easy, but it wasn't his fault. It wasn't mine. <laughs> and right. um, we we had some tough clients, but we and that's that tells you something. When 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 we like each other and we had tough deals, two tough deals, then that tells you you've got good agents that can you know that, that do a good job and see through the business. But um, we we'd always we'd always had great conversations, and then I, I joined the the um, Masters of Real Estate group. I saw the power of what was over there, and I saw what we were doing, and I was like, let's let's unite forces. Let's come up with a way. And I honestly, we didn't know what we were going to do. All we did was we set up a lunch, if I'm not mistaken, at Tavern on Cruise. Mm-hmm. This is probably some. It was probably in 16. No, 15. It's probably 15. Late 15. And we went there and we're like, let's do something where we incorporate your Facebook group because it has topics. And we we were looking for topics. What do we want to talk about on the show? And, you know, a couple early ideas of that were, hey, what if um, what if people who post things that are interesting, we invite on and. Then and, and 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 I think and this was my idea. I was like, what if we have a panel of you know here's here's a thread that's interesting. Let's have three people on and and you guys both agreed that might just be too many people. So we go, let's have Joe on. Let's have Joe on. Let's bring him on and then let's just go through the last month or two of of posts, find the good ones and just talk them through and, and give props to people and, and give them shout outs and it's been by far the one of the biggest hits of our show. I think. I'm guessing now we've probably done eight, nine, ten. We've done quite a few. <laughs> and that, see, that's the best part, the best of Masters, because dealing with Masters every day is a little uh, overkill. And, you know, you hear some of the rants and some of the crazy comments. But Which when you, there are some. There yes. are some. <laughs> and and you, you boil it down to the best of. There's a thread that gets posted, and by the end of the day, you got, you know, 120 comments, and you're hearing from all the greats. And... Uh, they're actually contributing intellectually and adding value and that's how it was sort of created and we just look at all right well so what do we do in august and we pick the three four five yeah. best ones yeah 
run through them online and we get to say so much in a podcast you can't say that much unless you want to exactly. type forever exactly type your comment which on which podcast, is annoying by the way super, when you see yeah. those comments that are this long and, yeah. and to our listeners i'm holding my feet about two feet apart yeah um the while they may have value, it's really hard to look at, read, and it, it kind of annoys no me. No one's going to read yeah, yeah. 10 paragraphs. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, there, there are times where there's interesting topics, and I'm like, you know, I really have a lot to say about this, but I'm not going to type it. And, and, then, and then that's when we get to talk about it on this show, and that's, that's really been special. And thank you, Joe. We know you've boosted our listening group. Good. Listenership. Plus, there's no doubt about plus it. Plus, Joe had the original idea for a podcast yes true. yes so we got to give props for that yeah first first video podcast uh on itunes which first was, one in the graveyard by the way which was, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. well actually no uh I, I think rob levy had a podcast of one episode <laughs> one episode podcast uh but yeah i did that many many years ago I had to do the editing myself, which was a time suck. So uh, that went by the wayside after eight, ten episodes. Yeah, and you and and to your defense, Tucker was was masterful in understanding timing. Right? If Tucker had came to me in 2010 and said, "Let's do a podcast. This is the thing of the future," we would have crashed and burned too. Right? I mean, we would nobody. As it was, our, our people that we were trying to bring on the show didn't fully know what a podcast was in 2015, even though they do now 100% in 2019. So you were just early in that process. And um, and there were and, no tech guys. You couldn't just say, hey, I need someone to you know FTP my video up to iTunes and stitch it all together. There were, they didn't do that. And you were masterful in picking the right time for Masters in Facebook. Masters yeah. in real estate on Facebook, yeah. right? If you had tried that in 2009, 2010, what, you started in 12, 13? Uh, we're about seven years old, seven and a half. Yeah. And yeah. it was honestly like my Jerry Maguire moment yeah. where I just had this idea and I'm like, I am doing this and darn it, if I don't yeah. make everyone better, I'm going to. So masterful timing is not being too early, not being too late. Because mm -hmm. had you started three, four years later, there was already a. There was already the graveyard forming, and everybody was trying to, to crawl up it, right? Yeah. As you see today in Facebook groups and as you see in podcast groups. So have be, timing is key in, in those types of executions um, beyond all the other things that are important. And you've done those with the uh, Facebook group. The thing you do, Joe, that I think sets your group apart from any other I see, and I've seen national ones, and they have they have the, the the viewership. Make no mistake, their numbers are bigger than yours, but the quality is not anywhere near yours because you you have you have you run a tight ship. You say these are the rules. You please read these rules because you're not going to get a do-over. Mm -hmm. We're going to delete you and block you, whatever your method is, so that they don't come back. And um. And, it, and you're voted off the island quickly, and, and so um, it keeps the quality really good. Self-promotion. It's, it's the old slow to hire, quick to yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah. And it's been, it's been a perfect marriage, in my opinion, with our podcast, and we appreciate that so much. So when we talk about the future of the podcast, okay? Here we go. Here, here's my wish list. Tucker, I'm, I'm curious to hear yours. I would love more Joe. 
Why can't he be on other interviews with us? Why can't, you know, I think... I, I, th- I thought he kind of replaced you. Joe, Joe's going to take my salary? <laughs> Free 99. That's right. You know, it's pretty Free 99? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, hey, I'll even put this out there. If it, I'm, I am 100% okay with Joe swapping in, swapping out. Sounds sounds naughty that way, but about <laughs> adding to, yeah. <laughs> or or we we have ones where Joe's on with us, and you know it doesn't have to always be masters of uh, in of real estate. If we have other topics like our hundred, and we can bring Joe in, I think we should. If there's other times where you know I'm 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 running a, a million miles a minute, and it's you and Joe, um, by all means go for it. He, a couple other things I think we need to do: we need more females on the show. Um, I've heard this over and over and over and over <laughs> again, mostly from females and mostly from ones that I'm engaged to. But nonetheless, um, they want to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't think that's the entire part of it. I, I can't say definitively if that's not one part of it. But 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 we do. I believe if you look through our guest list of the last four years, I think we're heavily weighted towards males. So I. I vote that we purposefully seek out the successful realtors, female realtors in this business. There are so many of them, if not more than them, of, than the males. So it should at least be 50-50. Um, and it doesn't just have to be the realtors. It could be the other service providers. It could be the, the stagers. It could be the designers. It could be the lenders. I think, I think we, we – and I, I say this for our, our, our listenership. I think we will attract more of the female base that's out there if we do that. And so I think that's a big thing we need to do moving forward. And then I think one thing that idea that I have is, you know, there's been a magazine that's come along in the last couple of years called um, Portland Real Producers. They are very um, visible with who the top 150 agents are. Why don't we just start cold calling some of those agents and going, hey, we want you on the podcast. I'm You're... pretty sure they know what a podcast is now. Yeah, so they, they do. Might, they'll they probably do. say yes. Hey, yeah. we want you on the podcast. We, you know, we've here's here's who we've interviewed, and 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 we want we want to know what you're doing, where you came from, how you got your start, and what your secret to success is. And I think I think that would be um, received well. I think so. I'd yeah. be interested to hear how these guys run their business too. Yeah, I agree on the female front. Uh, you know, like I told you before we started recording. Joni, my wife, is now willing to come on the show and talk about... <laughs> she believes in podcasts. She believes in podcasts. Uh, and uh, she's more than willing to come on and share uh, you know, all of our design and project management stuff, which I'm sure people would find interesting, especially from a female perspective. So your fiancé would be happy to hear that. But we can kick it off with that, and we can add to it whomever else wants to come on the show. Brittany Gibbs. That's a name that has come across my, um, my desk a few times. Um, she's she's an agent. I've only met her once. I've heard so much about her from a good friend of mine, Zach Duncan. Um, he's a great lender here in Lake Oswego, and he they work closely together. And I finally had the, um, I believe it or not, I had the opportunity to at a lawyer's title event just run into her, and she's like, "Hey, I'm Brittany. I'm Steven. She does. I don't know the exact number. She's 30, 40 million a year. She owns her own company. She just bought a commercial building." She is an incredibly, and she's young, so young. I mean, I don't know her exact age, but it's it's younger than me. It's thirty something. I would be my guess. Yeah, we're getting and older now. I would. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to have her on the show and and ask her. You know, where did you come from? How do you? What are you doing? And and I think there's so many other listeners that would love to hear that as well. Um, so I think we can. It doesn't. It, it doesn't take a lot of digging to find those great um, interviews. And we, we can keep adding to the uh, 
the great value that we've provided our listeners over the last 99 episodes. Now 100. Now, now 100. 100. There we go. Now 100. That should be a radio station. The now 100. <laughs> well, I think uh, this has been a great show. It's been a yeah. relaxing afternoon with some white claws <laughs> yeah. that you guys are all now fans of. That's uh, right. Including Dan. Dan was a fan previously. He just happened to uh, enjoy the free ones I, that you I've brought I've heard over. about it extensively yes. on social media. Yes. It's everything it's hyped up to be. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not the founder and creator of White Claw, but I am a consumer of it. And Danny, I you, just got, you just spoke on the podcast. Yeah. By the way, of all, Dan has such a radio voice. Like I, I pointed that out to you a while back, right? I mean, you, you, have, you have a very solid radio voice. You've got that it's deep, too like deep, it's Howard too deep, it's Stern too deep sound. Yeah. Nah. That was my joke with uh, Kurt. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Von Wasmuth. Von Wasmuth. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I tell him that he has a face for radio. <laughs> he has like the best personality. We went to lunch at McMinniman's. And, he does. And we just laughed the whole time. And he really wants to make everything better. And unlike Dan, got a got a voice for radio and a face for TV. He does want to make everything better, and that's what I like about Kurt. He's he's such an optimist. Yeah, he's like, a great guy. He like I think there are people in this business that just see the challenges and you know they they kind of at some point say i'm gonna stay in my lane and and just and just do my thing and be and make money and be successful right and kurt's a guy that he he he, he's always looking for that next challenge and how to make it better and he he just wants to make things better and gosh could you have him in a better place than at you know rmls where we all can benefit from that that's Mm -hmm. he's he's an awesome guy yeah i agree well how about this our next 50 or 100 episodes we had more females to the roster here that come on the show. We had more Joe. We had more, uh, Joe. more Joe. Yeah, had more more Joe. Joe. Mornings with Joe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everybody likes more Joe. And uh, what was the third thing? And top 150. Top 150. Let's just yeah. start. And, and we'll, this is where we're going to put Joe to work. He's basically going to become like our assistant. You did, did you pick up on that one? Uh, that? That's right. <laughs> we're going to be like, hey, Joe, go find us Go find us one of the top 150 we're, we're going to interview. Okay. So I'm teasing. I'm Joe. working for nothing, but I want you guys <laughs> yeah. to double it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, double the, we'll double nothing and uh, start cold calling those, uh, those agents for us. Uh, no, I think that's a great way to take the show. I think, you know, talking to more people that listen to the show or could listen to the show and kind of bring them into the fold is a great way to grow the show and just kind of really just pull back the curtain on more people's businesses because I think that's uh, people are going to enjoy that and then of course we'll you know keep everybody you know up to speed on what's going on with the market kind of our opinions on it and all that but uh, you know bringing in these other people these other personalities and these other businesses it's interesting for us too to see that so or hear about it so yeah I think I think that's a good direction I think yeah. we got our plan cool okay episode 100 well let's do a group fist bump on on the air all right boom Boom, boom, boom. We made it 100 boom, in boom. the can. In the can. That's 100. We'll oh, work. I had one last question for you, Tucker. Shoot. I asked I asked you this at breakfast. I want to, I want to hear you say it on the air. <laughs> so when you came to me with a podcast, you had a song. And now every in the four years that we've done this, I've been, I want to say two or three times randomly at places, and that song came on the radio. And I, I perked up. I'm like, I know that song. And other people mentioned it. Where did that song come from? I knew that it would grab you. That was about it. Just, a, and I just think Dan, a, actually, I think Dan might have suggested it. Did you suggest it or did I? For the intro? Yeah. Man, I don't remember. Do you guys know the who sings that? Uh, across the hundred and whatever street. No. Do you know um, 
What era is it? Is it 70s? Yeah, 70s. 70s? Yeah. It's uh, it's catchy, you know. We did one for the national show that's catchy, too, like I told you. Oh, it's great. uh, It's great. But this is more, this one grabs everybody, right? Yeah. So we want to grab everybody. So that was the reason behind it. Yeah. And so now, anytime I ever re-listen to one of the podcasts, that's that's the, you're about to hear it, by the way, audience. You ready? There we go. (laughs) Episode 100, in the can. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.